Welcome to the Morning After Podcast, a Freedom Center Church podcast. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Morning After Podcast. Pastor Josh here with you, as always, and it's just uh, me and Pastor Jim this morning. How are you doing this morning? I feel uh, uniquely and individually qualified to be here today because yeah. I'm the only unique person here. So. Oh, wow. I'm not, yeah. thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> no, I'm, I the only, that I'm the only guest, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> um, so I, yesterday was pretty cool, I thought, hmm. as far as services go. Uh, if you guys weren't there yesterday and you're just listening to the podcast, we've been on a series of forgiveness. Yeah. First week w- was uh, we had a guest speaker come in, Pastor Kevin, and just kind of talk about his story and forgiveness in general. Last week was forgiving others. And then this week, just as important, if not more important, Equally important was yeah. uh, f- forgiving yourself. Yeah. So um, I was wondering if we could start the podcast out by just talking about why that's important, why forgiving yourself yeah. is important. Well, I think, <clears throat> I said it yesterday, one of the things that, uh, that really messes with us is when we agree with the voice of condemnation. Like, yeah. like when we are self-condemned, the devil doesn't right. have to defeat us, we're self-defeated, you know? And people that are that are living under condemnation look at life completely differently. They expect judgment, they don't expect blessing, uh, there's no hope, if you will, in the, in the biblical sense of a, in, uh, an eager expectation of God's goodness being revealed. Right. It's not. It's just any, any day now he's going to take a swing at me and I deserve it. Yeah. Uh, anything bad happens, you look at God and say, well, God, you know, it was right to not bless me. So right. the devil doesn't have to defeat people that have self-defeated themselves. Right. You know what I mean? So I think forgiving ourselves and moving forward is is a huge part of it. We talked about yesterday, the being forgiven by God, forgiving others, and forgiving yourself. Those three are not individual things those all mm-hmm. have to function together if you say god forgive me but you don't forgive yourself then you, you still live as an unforgiven person you right. i'm not saying you are but you live as one if you don't forgive those who sin against you the bible says it's clear you're not forgiven yeah. and if you don't ask for forgiveness you're not forgiven so this is not this is a three-legged stool you can't remove one of these legs and be okay so right yeah yeah um, I, so, uh, there's a screenshot that I saw several people post yesterday from your notes, and it really? was just the slide. I think you're kind of already alluding to it, but to, to disagree with God's mercy is to agree with Satan's condemnation. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many people yesterday that huh. were like, yes, like right. that, that makes a ton <laughs> of sense. That's I interesting. Of all the slides, that. that was the one. It wasn't up there very long either. That no, yeah. There were, there were, I, was, I was in second service, and I was looking around and just seeing there were several people that had their phones out taking a yeah. picture of that slide, huh. but then friends that I have on Facebook actually posting that, just saying, like, amen, like, I totally agree with right, that. So right. it's cool to see um, people that believe that they have promises in, that were given in their life yeah. to then stumble and kind of, mess everything up thinking to the point of yeah god promised those things to me but they're not going to happen anymore because of where i've been and what i've done and then to see them come out on the other side of oh wait god's so much better and so much bigger than than that that it doesn't the things that i do they they affect him to a certain extent like it hurts him of course but it doesn't really affect him in the long like he knows who you are and, and yeah. where you're headed. I think, I think that's I like, pretty like cool. When you and your brother were young, you know, you got into arguments and someone whacked somebody else and yeah. I got mad because you shouldn't treat your brother that way or, hey, make your bed and you didn't or right. grandpa taught you to say the S-H-I-T word and you said it <laughs> properly in a sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and all that stuff. But yeah, did it affect my relationship with you as your father? It's like that's part sure. of being your father is yeah. guiding you through those things. Right. Oh, you said that word. I'm sorry. You can't be my son anymore. Like that's a yeah. ridiculous thing to think right. about as a dad. So Yeah, just thinking about 
about it with my own son now. It's like I don't think there's anything that he could do that no. wouldn't make me love him. You know, it's not performance based. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. If the, I, if if my life turned out completely different, maybe you you need to distance yourself from me for a season of time. Yeah. But you never stop loving me. It's no. just a, I can't be around you right now. But um, yeah, and I'm the same thing with my son. Like I, there's nothing that he could do, yeah. nothing that he could say. That I wouldn't think make me love him. That's the danger when somewhere in Christianity back in our, our past, somebody decided that morality was the best example of faith rather than relationship yeah. being the best example of faith. Right. And when we base our, our faith, the fruit of our faith on just morality, and then we get to decide what really is moral or not. The guy that's saying, I can't believe someone would, you know, smoke a cigarette. That's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And they got a Twinkie in one hand and a Diet Coke in the other right. and, feel, and feel completely justified. You know what yeah. I mean? In, in criticizing right. that morality as inferior to their own, like we really get into trouble. I, yeah. David's not a moral man. Right. He's got blood all over his hands, and yet he's got the the throne that Jesus sits on is the throne of David. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because no matter what he did, he always came back and believed that God yeah. was good enough to welcome him back after. It wasn't like he went out looking for trouble, but you know he he got into trouble. Right. He walked out on the balcony when he should have been out fighting. And yeah. He sees Bathsheba, and then he tries to hide his sin. I mean, he's he's all humanity, but. In the end, he doesn't do what all humans do. He comes back and says, create right. me a clean heart. Wash me, I'll be white as snow. I mean, there's such a trust in God's goodness, not just God's holiness. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, yeah. and I, I think the greatest example of faith, I, I, yes, there's morality, and yes, obedience to the word. I'm, I'm not, yeah. you know, holiness is not a small thing, but right. it, I think holiness comes out of relationship best. We don't achieve relationship because of holiness. That yeah. really, and religion sets us up to what are the rules? I obeyed them, I'm okay. Right. And it just isn't the case. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, my wife's birthday. I got you flowers. I got you a present. It met the budget. We're okay. Well, not, not necessarily true. Right. Maybe she didn't want roses. Maybe she wanted a husband. Yeah. Maybe she wanted a relationship. Maybe she wanted a marriage, not right. a gift. So yeah. we have to be careful when we talk about not forgiving ourselves. What we're doing is we're not saying we're not worthy of it. We're saying he's not capable of it. Right. That's, that's a completely different, yeah. he's not capable of forgiving me for what I did. Right. Therefore, I should hold myself hostage to my worst moments yeah. and I'll be on his side because I'm agreeing with him. It's like, right. you're not agreeing with him. You're can in we, a trusting relationship. Can we talk just for a second about, because I, I, I don't want people to take yesterday the wrong way and say, I can do whatever I want to yeah. because God's still going to be there whenever I get done doing whatever I want to do. Right. right. Can we talk about that a little bit yeah. of just how that's different than I messed up, but yeah. God's still good enough to, to take and care I, and of that And I think, mess up? I think it's hard to talk about that specifically because you say, listen, if you have that Diet Coke and that Twinkie, you're okay. But the Diet Coke, the Twinkie and no pushups, now God's mad at you. Right. And you, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know where to draw the line, but I would say this, every individual knows where the line is because once you cross it, there's a distance between your heart and God's heart. Yeah. When that distance is there, you've gone somewhere. If you promised I'll never leave you and never forsake you, and yet there's a distance that feels like he's left and you're right. forsaken, he didn't put that there, you put that there. So right. I think one of the reasons a holy God gives us the ability to feel pain, and that would be an example of pain, mm -hmm. is, is we, man, you know, pain tells us something's wrong. Right. Something has to be done to deal with this pain. So yeah. if you feel the pain of a distance between you and God, yes, you can look at your behavior and say, I'll, I'll, I'll do better tomorrow, but I don't really think that's the problem. Yeah. If you go back to why you did what you did, there's something in your life that that sin is fulfilling or at least feeding that God's supposed to be completely satisfying. Right. So if I go after a Twinkie because I don't have time to make a decent meal, 
yes, it's calories. Yes, it kind of makes me feel better for a moment. <laughs> right. But I a feel very, so much. A very, very brief moment. Yeah, right. Especially <laughs> a Twinkie. Good gravy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I might as well just take a bite out of a bar of soap. Right. You know? So so why do you think so many people, whenever they're, they say like, I got to get my life right. I got to get back in church. Why do so many people boil that down to just a morality? Why is it? Yeah. It's it's different than like, like think, it's it's like pastor adam says i think he got it from somebody is just one of the most important things that you'll think is what you think when you think about god right and i don't know like i don't know if that's just our mindset is god's this guy that if we don't do everything right he hates us and if we do everything okay then he might like us a little bit you know i gotta get back in churches just take out the word church put in the word gym yeah i gotta get back to the gym it's the same thing i it's almost like when we lose our keys we we go back to where we once had them and then we, you know what I mean? And yeah. so we go back. Well, I, I was in the kitchen. Okay, out of the kitchen. I was, okay, they're in my car. Okay, I found them. They're in my car. I think the same thing's true. We go back and say, my life's not right or my, my, my physical health isn't right. Where did, where did I lose that? What is symbolic of getting back to it? And a lot of times, I mean, we've, you know, there's guys that were, you know, skateboarders when you were 10 years old, yeah. they're skateboarding that now come, you know, you're in your late 20s. Right. They're in their late 20s going, man, I need to get right with God. I used to, this is my church. I used to skate here when I was 10. You go, what? Right. And what, what they're saying is, I when I was here, I had something. Somewhere along the line, I've lost that something. It's actually a someone. Yeah. Uh, I walked away from that, that something as a relationship with someone. And now I want to come back. And I, this is where I lost my keys. I remember being happy here. I remember That's life good. being simple here. I remember right. in the gym, I remember being in shape. I remember what it feels like to run a mile and almost throw up and then go, oh, I, but I ran that mile, that sense of you know right. progress. I'm moving in the right direction versus yeah. the wrong one. So, But it, it doesn't come down to the mile. It comes down to the mindset. It doesn't come down to the church attendance. It comes down to a relationship. So right. I, I think I think you can get right with God in a prison cell with no internet. Yeah. <laughs> you can get right with God on the Isle of Patmos. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So it's it's not church, but I think people go to church because it's it's the place where they used to worship, where they used to pray, where they right. used to have good friends, where they, you know, where the relationships were solid, whatever it is. Yeah, they're looking back to to try to find what they lost. Right. You mentioned yesterday, which was I think kind of funny but kind of true, is that the gym and the church are the only two places that we go that we want to be in shape or we want to be kind of right with God before we go to those places and nothing could be farther from the truth, the truth. Like you have to go to those places. If you want to get in shape, you're not going to wake up one day in shape. You know, if you want a good relationship with God, you're not going to just wake up. Like they're both things that you have to work at and the places that you work at that matter, the places you don't want to go to until you get the things. It's just, (laughs) it's a circular narrative. It's kind of funny that it's just kind of, um, I don't know. It's always yeah. been that way. Well, and that's why the Freedom Center, Freedom Center Church, is the planet fitness of, of the church world. <laughs> Come as you are. If anybody right. prays too loud, an alarm goes off. It's, it's the, the lunker oh, alert wow. of the... Uh, no, I'm kidding. But yeah. <laughs> it, but we, we do need to create an atmosphere, though, right? Where, where yeah. people are embraced. There, there's a young man that just recently walked back through the doors after a year of being gone. Yeah. And, and, and I know you walk through the doors kind of like, I was really here, and then I was really gone, and now yep. I'm back. It, am I still me like right. do you still like amanda watch you know the, the other people, people around him yeah, yeah. good to see he's right back in again right you know I, I don't know what kept him out for a year but i bet you it was the lie that if i go back there yeah they're gonna say where have you been instead right. of saying hey we missed you where have you been right you know what i mean so people yeah. find out well i've even known there's another there's another leader in our church that um he he was going to another church for a long time and some rumors came out about him that were completely false hmm. um but didn't want to come to church here for a while because he thought everybody knows these rumors they think that they're true and i just don't want to i don't want to relive everything that that isn't true huh. so then he shows up and everyone just 
giving him high fives, <laughs> hugs. How's it going? I haven't seen you in a long time. And he's like, wow, like, I haven't been coming to church here for a couple of years yeah. because of something that was all in my head. It wasn't true at yeah. all. And I didn't believe that. Yeah. So the only thing that gives lies power is our faith in them. Sure. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's, yeah. One of the things you should be able to to say with assurance is family is family. Spiritual family yeah. is family. I, right. I, and I'll be honest with you, you walk through the door of a church and everybody kind of looks and sneers. You're, you're, you're at the wrong church anyway. Yeah. There's there's a bad right. spirit in that place. You walk through the doors, people said, hey, I mean, they're going to ask, where have you been? Yeah. And and maybe that if, if the, you take that the wrong way, like, oh, it's my life. Leave me alone. Then, yeah, you don't want to come to church. But right. where have you been? Like, we've missed you. You yeah. know, it's good to see you. That's. Right. Everybody should walk through that door. Yeah. Know? Well, and I think I'm trying to find the best way to say this, but we've we've had staff members in the past that have left the church hurt yeah. and have never come back. Yeah. And I think they're yeah. still believing that lie. And, that then, we've had, lie. and yeah. then we've had staff members that have left and they've come back and they've accepted and they've been healed and yeah. and made whole. And I think that that's the they're they've heard the truth and they believe the truth yeah so i think all of all of nature you know um a scolded or wounded or sick animal yeah. they they look for solitude there's something about i don't want to be in front of people when i'm like this right the problem is once you once you're isolated you know peter tells us that the our enemy the devil prowls about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, that there, you really do create new vulnerabilities. I, yeah. If you're wounded, you should run to community, like be in the herd, surrounded yeah. by the other right. healthy animals that, you know what I mean, that are there to shield you from the hyenas and the lions and yeah. the wolves. And I, But it isn't human nature. Human nature is, I don't want you to see me like this. You knock right. at my door at six o'clock in the morning, you know, I may not answer because the three hairs I have left are not combed and my teeth aren't brushed and I'm yeah. in my PJs and you know what I mean? Right. I want to be seen a certain way. But man, you know, family, I, you know, you're around, I'm in my PJs and I don't care if my hair's combed or not. Yeah. My breast smells like a garbage dumpster in July behind a Mexican restaurant. It doesn't, <laughs> you're family, man. You got to yeah. smell it. It's just yeah. the way it is. Right. You know? Yeah. No. And I think, um, when Lauren and I, our first stint on the staff at Freedom Center, whenever we left because I had a, a porn problem, yeah. um, the last thing I wanted to do was come back to Freedom Center. Yeah. And we tried, we went to 242 and yeah. we went to Cots and we yeah. went to, you name it, like for about two months we were visiting different churches to try to find like let's unplug and like try to plug into somewhere else and um i it was all because of her she was like we're supposed to be at freedom center like that's our church Mm -hmm. and stop running away from it and start going back there i like her yeah and i think um and that was just me that was me believing the lie of like i messed up and this is my fault and we're never going to be welcome back there again. So just find a new place to become part of. And she was like, no, like you're trying to take the easy road out of it. Like (laughs) we need to go back there and sure. You're going to have to apologize to some people, but they're going to receive you once those apologies do happen. So, and that's the reason why we're we're, where we are today was really just because she was like, we, she realized how important it was that we stay plugged in here. How long were you out of the Freedom Center? Well, you say a couple months, but then you were out of ministry for a couple of years? Yeah, over three years. Three years. Yep. Went and worked in a cubicle counting somebody else's money and just yeah. kind of went to counseling. Yep, for a things year. Things kind of solidify. How yeah. comes along. Uh-huh. Right. And then, so can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'll sure. try to switch roles on you yeah, to the interviewers fine. of the interviewee. <laughs> so yesterday we talked about forgiving yourselves. What did, yeah. what did that process look like? For, I mean, you got a wife. Yeah, that was wounded by this, and friends, like you said, that you owed an apology to, or they were right. disappointed, or you didn't know. You yeah. Didn't, but how did you? Did you forgive yourself first, and then that happened, or was it part of the community's role to help you to forgive Honestly, yourself as you'd been forgiven? When I 
um, cause I didn't get caught looking at porn. I confessed to my wife that I had a problem and I'd had a problem for a long time. Right. Um, and that was just because I was so sick of living that life of I'm somebody else. And then when everybody goes to sleep, I, I become somebody, yeah. somebody different. Um, so honestly, I think by the time that I had confessed to Lauren, I was already to the point of, I had forgiven myself cause I mm-hmm. was, I was done with it, never looking back. But unfortunately now I have to tell all of these people right. what I'm going through. Um, so I don't know. I don't feel like I ever really had that bad of a problem forgiving myself. Mm-hmm. It was trying to earn other people's forgiveness, I guess. If forgiveness that or trust or yeah, trust, but yeah, forgive forgiveness and trust of just, um, you trusted me with everything. I've mm-hmm. ruined that trust mm-hmm. and now I need to get it back. And that was a really long, tedious, it's been a little over four years, maybe five years now. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, I would say for a solid year to two years, it was, there were, there were times when everything felt really normal mm-hmm. and there was a lot of trust. And then there were moments where all of a sudden in an instant, it just triggered something. Yep, and, that yeah. trust was questioned and I would have to be consistent over and over and over right. again. That, and you had to be okay with that too, right? Yep. Like, yeah, she absolutely. Asks you a question, like, can I see your phone? Can I see absolutely. your iPad? Yep. Like, and to this day, yeah. she wants to see anything that yeah. there's no, yeah, give me a second. I'll give it to you. It's yeah. if I'm in the middle of a text message and she yeah. wants to see my phone, she can see my phone whenever Isn't she wants to. Isn't it nice though to. to know there's nothing on there? Yeah. Yeah, she's you know whatever she's gonna find, she's gonna sure. find a, a husband that's faithful and yep. trustworthy, and yeah, yeah, I, yep. that's very a, nice. It's 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 a different feeling than when you've been someplace you should and someone's right. on your device, like oh, oh, are they gonna hit yeah. that right button? And did right. I did I erase everything or is it not erased <laughs> or you know the right. stuff that goes through someone's yeah. mind versus yeah, look anywhere you want, look at yep. my bank account, look at my calendar, yeah, you're not gonna find anything. Put me on GPS, track me all day long. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. And I would say she, obviously it was like every day, let me see your phone, let me see your phone. Yeah. Now it's like once a month I wake up in the morning and she's looking at my phone, you know, yeah, it's not great. like, it's not a, a definitely, the trust is back. I would say yeah. it's stronger than it's ever been because yeah. of the steps that I took to get it right. back. And again, so, I think you two saying that you confess something that she didn't know anything about that you could have kept a secret Yeah. versus she caught you sure. and then she caught you a second time and caught you a fifth time sure. and caught you a ninth time. You know what I mean? That, yeah. How do you rebuild trust at, at that level? Yeah, you, you can, don't. but it, but it's right. different, right? It's yeah. not, it isn't in, in a year. It's like a year would be okay. We celebrate an anniversary, yeah. but this is not our first anniversary of you being done right. with this, you know, that right. kind of stuff. And then yeah. slowly the symptoms come back and I start asking questions, you know, it's right. So I think you're very wise and courageous to, to, to confess. Yeah, you know? definitely. I agree. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, we do have a couple of questions, um, from the podcast. That's neat. Can questions. people do that? Can they, after a Sunday, just, yeah. where, where would they text a question to? Or, uh, so or... the questions that I got, people actually sent me via Facebook messenger. Yeah. But if you want to comment, you can comment on the SoundCloud where this is posted, or you mm-hmm. can comment on the freedom centers link. Uh, even if you comment on the live stream and you say I have a couple questions that I want to ask on the podcast, yeah. that would be a great place to ask it. Or just send me a message. Just right. look for me on Facebook, Josh Wiegand. I like me that because sometimes you don't know if you're scratching where people are itching, but if they ask you a specific question, yeah. you got a better chance. Well, the cool thing about this guy is he was watching on live stream and, asked, mm-hmm. and is asking the questions. So he wasn't even in service. Yeah. And now he's going to get to listen to, to to this. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, right on. Um, so he, he wants to know... Uh, Yesterday you were talking about uh, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, he's like, what does that really? What does that mean? Like you yeah. press onward towards the goal. What is that? Yeah, well, I I think the the goal Ephesians two ten where God's workmanship were created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God yeah. prepared in advance for us to do. The lie of that self condemnation is that you you no longer have those works. You forfeited 
your right, um, you sold your birthright, you're, it's, you're disqualified now because of what you've done. And so you don't, you don't strain towards those things anymore. You come back like the prodigal son, I just want to be a slave. Like, I, yeah. I, I can't be out there anymore. I don't deserve to be back here. Right. So let me create this purgatory-like experience where I can just, I'm, I'm home and I'm not starving, but I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't dare ask you for another thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that's what that means is when you're in right relationship with God, you're not taxing God by asking him, seeking, knocking. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're actually fulfilling your, your role right on the planet and that is to display the glory of god well someone who doesn't believe they're worthy of displaying the glory of god doesn't ask doesn't seek doesn't right so the prodigal son let me sleep in the barn just don't let me starve please yeah that's god doesn't receive slaves he receives sons when we listen to that teaching that staff teaching on wednesday um which i hardly know which yeah chris valentine just talking about how they have their supernatural school of ministry yeah and the first three months is just who are you and it's you, you are a child of God. And he said literally God, three, yeah. about three months in, it clicks like, wait, you mean yeah. <laughs> God's my dad? Yeah. And like, yeah. I think once people come yeah. to that revelation, there's yeah. just like... Different world. Everything changes once you realize yeah. like where you're operating from yeah. and, and that you're not a servant, but that you are a son. You are, you know, royalty. Yeah. So, and, and what's funny is the difference between... The difference in a job description between a slave and a son aren't that different. Yeah. I mean, the, the older son that doesn't walk away, he's out working in the field with slaves. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the job doesn't change. The relationship does. Right. So when he came home, let me just, he was going to do the work that a son does, but he wasn't going to do it as a son. He was going to do it as a slave. It's like yeah. that's, but, but a slave is afraid of getting caught. A slave is, can't wait for the day to be over with so they can get on with some, you know, moment of their life. Whereas right. a son goes, this, this farm is mine. You know, this, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a partner in this. I'm yeah. an heir to this. This right. is not. This is not some other man's field. This is. This is the field that I own. This yeah. is a part of my life. So, I think the same thing's true. That you know, if you want to live condemned, you're still going to read your Bible. You're just going to read it as a as a slave. Right. Yeah, so the promises aren't for you. They're for sons. Yeah. You know what I mean? So That's you just good. you you live so differently. You, you might do the same things and abstain from the same things uh, as a slave as you would as a son. But you, it's just relationally completely different. Yeah. Know? Yep. Okay. And then the second question that he had was just about confession. He said, yeah. you know, Pastor Jim made a very public confession of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dancing in the gay bar that always gets a big rise right. out of people. Yeah. 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 Yep. And I feel like there's new details that get added every single time you tell that story. You know, what's funny is I, when you first tell it, you just barely touch on it to see if anybody throws a rock at you. Right. I, you know, nobody is. I mean, your mother hasn't heard the whole story yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, right. and I, why? Why bring up every gory detail? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he wants to know, um, does everybody need to make a confession? Like, do yes. I need to stand on top yeah. of the picnic yeah, table? No. And this stop? Sunday, he needs to come to the microphone. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I don't know. I, you know, I think I did that yesterday. I did this Sunday not because I, I just talked about when, when we're ashamed, we hide. Mm-hmm. And when we bring things, when the fig leaf is off and you, and you confess to a person who has the heart of God, not, not looking to point out what's beneath the, the fig leaf as sin, but you're pointing it out as sin and yeah. they're, they're acting in a position of grace. That's a very important place. When someone says to you, I wrestle with this or I'm dealing with that or I did this, man, to, to be there to, you know, to, to say, hey, 
you know, let's talk to God about this. I love you. I affirm you. What you did is not who you are. Like to, to, be, to say to someone what Jesus would say to someone is extraordinarily important. Jesus never took a repentant person and made them feel worse, ever. Yeah. It was the unrepentant hypocrite that he, right. you know, you're whitewashed tombs with dead men's bones. Very aggressive language. That's the yo mama of Palestine, 81. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. this, is, this is not a, uh, for us to say, you did what? Oh, oh, you filthy person. Oh, well, maybe God will forgive you. I don't know. I've never heard of God forgive you. Any of that. I mean, who right. really is committing a greater sin at that point? Right. <laughs> the confessing sinner or the, yeah. the, um, the hypocritical saint? So, I mean, when right. you... When you confess that to whomever that has the heart of God, you who are spiritual, someone's caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in a, a spirit of meekness or gentleness. So yeah. we, when someone has the nerve to trust you enough to say, here's the secrets of my heart, the worst thing I ever did was this, man, you, you better be gentle. And then the restoration process of making sure they're right with God, making sure that they've, if they're right with God, they've forgiven themselves, yeah. making sure they've forgiven others, getting to the roots. Why did you behave the way that you did? There's right. reasons why we reach for Twinkies. Yeah. And there's ways to make sure we never reach for a Twinkie again. Right. You know, so that, do you have to stand up? No, you don't. And I didn't do it so that to exonerate myself. Right. I, I did it to create an atmosphere if the pastor stands up and talks about getting drunk in a gay bar, what can't you talk about at Freedom Center Church anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? When, when, when mom gets up and talks about her childhood testimony, it creates a liberty for people to say, I, you know, I looked at porn when I was 10. You know what I mean? Right. And, it, and now it is, when Kevin Ramsey says, the guy just fish gutted me and I forgave him. It creates an atmosphere. Yeah. I, I'm not saying we need to find the most extreme stories. But the extreme stories do serve a purpose right. in the body of Christ, and that's to create an atmosphere where our stories are manageable, where we can begin to tell people yeah. what we've been through. That's Again, good. tell the right person for the right reasons. Um, man, that's, it's a wonderful thing, confessing your sins one to another. Yeah, awesome. Cool. All right, well, we have a couple minutes left, yeah. a little bit longer than normal. Um, I want to talk about this week and all the exciting things yeah. that are happening this man, week. It's going to so be a great week. Friday, was it 6.30? Yes. Friday at 6.30, uh, it's Good Friday, and what a great way to just kind of to, to be together in that. You know, it's, it's, we celebrate when Jesus is crucified, and now by the time we get there at 6.30, he's laid in the tomb, and he's, he's died for our sins. We're going to celebrate the Savior that died for our sins. We're going to be yeah. praying over empty seats. Every empty seat's a prophetic promise that God's going to send somebody to sit in. I don't believe we wasted a dollar buying seats. Yeah. I think every seat has a... a, a a fanny that belongs in it. You know right. what I mean? So we're going to be praying and believing and worshiping and asking God to share his goodness with others. That's Friday. It'll go uh -huh. from 6.30, usually what, about 8 o'clock? 8.30. 8.30 normally. Yeah. yeah. Come and go it's, Yeah, it's a, you're right. Come and go. You can stay longer if you want to. Once yeah. it's over, we still leave the atmosphere. It's like a, an atmosphere of prayer. You can yeah. stay longer. The like, like we shorten because of the baby dedication, we shorten worship on Sunday. Right. I hate that. Yeah. I, if there's one drawback to a shorter service dynamic yeah. is sometimes there are longer things that need to happen, like right. communion, like baby dedication. Right. You know what I mean? Like baptisms. But boy, it just... To have two songs and have most of the people not be in the room for the first song, yeah, you know what I mean. It's just, it's just, it isn't, it isn't us, you know. So right. To have Friday to be like, just stay, just sit. You don't have to sing any words. You don't need to sit in the back, walk in the front. Yeah, you know what I mean. But just, just be with Jesus without the rush, without the right. time. I mean, you say, I, I feel like it's closed for me, even though it hasn't closed. Get him go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. hey, I can't get there until seven. Is that? Yeah, just walk in. It, it'll right. be waiting for you. So yeah. that's Friday, and then Saturday we're gonna rest. Sunday. We've got three things that are happening. 6.30 a.m. And right now it looks like 71 degrees and sunny is yep. our forecast for Easter Sunday. It's going to be beautiful. 
So we're going to have a sunrise through through the the, the wall of, of glass um, out in the lobby where we're going to be having our sunrise service. There's going to be a pulpit. I'm going to be wearing a suit. We're going to be singing hymns with an acoustic piano, mm-hmm. and it's going to be awesome. I, I don't know why I'm excited about that. It's like <laughs> 6.30 hymns. Like, I know, but it, there's just something about it that seems like an adventure. So. Yeah. Uh, there is no child ministry, but I, I nope. said yesterday, let's face it, nobody in the right mind is going to get their kid out of bed at 5 a.m. to come to a sunrise sure. service. I mean, I think our, my kid's going to be there, actually. Yes. So. Well, your kid gets up at 5 o'clock <laughs> yeah. in the morning because he goes to bed at 5 o'clock at <laughs> night. So something like that. Yeah. So, and then uh, after that, we've got our 9 o'clock and 1130 Easter services, which are going to be just like we're, we're working on it today where we're getting things ready. Yeah. And, um, but music, you know, uh, dramatic presentation. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually I'm, think there's going to be a choir on Sunday, Sunday morning for no worship. Kidding. Yeah. I'm just the pastor. So. I hadn't heard yeah. of that. That's good. Yeah, that might be a rumor, but I think that that's what I heard was that. Well, like, well now that it's out, Pastor Kyle has to do this. I'm pretty for sure. The disappointment unless of the center, Unless planning center where we plan our <laughs> services was lying, I think there's going to be a choir on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. I, you know what's funny is, is I I know what I know about. So I know my part. Yeah. But my part's a small part of right. what's happening. So we have set builders building the the Borg ship down there. Yeah. We have. Uh, you know, it's going to be different. We we've really gotten this kind of almost like a techno Easter thing, but. That came off the pendulum swing of like, let's make this, you know, Israel, let's make this Jerusalem. We had torches and crosses and thieves. And so right. we're, you know, creative people can't just do the same thing year after year. Yeah. So this year, I'd say it's the only time in a long time that we've had like, it's going to be Easter. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not going to, we're going to have communion at 630. Uh, but, you know, Easter, we're going to have, like, it's this is the gospel. This right. is the story of Easter. Right. Christmas is awesome. There's a baby in a manger. But that baby grew up and said a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And did a bunch of stuff. So as Paul Harvey would say, we're going to tell the rest of the story. And I, my hope is that people are going to get a, a fresh revelation of what that means, the resurrection of Jesus in their own lives. Uh-huh. But also, you know, the people that come, the the, the Christians, you know, the Christmas and Easter, that I believe a lot of them are going to get saved. Or people just walk through the door for the first time because— they got something on social media. You know right. what I mean? So we're we're just, there's just something about Easter week, man. It's like the 4th of July. You know what yeah. I mean? Only it, it lasts a few extra days. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, that's all the exciting stuff that's going to be happening at Freedom Center Church this week. We would love to see you there. Uh, like Pastor said yesterday and again today, just... Uh, it would mean the world to us if you brought an unsaved friend on please, Easter Sunday. Please, please. Um, it doesn't. It's awesome that we're going to gather together. I think Friday night's kind of a great way to gather together as believers. Yeah. But Sunday, let's get some people saved. Let's change yeah. some eternities. So really looking forward to that. Uh, nine, nine and eleven thirty are our normal services. We have our six thirty sunrise service. Come to all of them if you want to. We'd love to see you at at all three of them. Maybe bring work. a change of clothes so you don't have to wear a suit the whole time after that sunrise <laughs> service. But we would love to see you there and. Uh, We will talk to you again next week. Have a great week.